Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. I am Joe Holt. Hey, Joe. And he's John Cox. I am... Yes, I am um, crazy junk, <laughs> bowtie John, as um, people uh, used to call me. Sean and I were just talking about how difficult it is to wake up sometimes, you know, and especially when you, um, you know, we're working hard as a parent and the next day you got to get up for work and we're still trying to figure out what energy drink is a better <laughs> I know. drink to get us through the day. <laughs> I know. Either caffeine or energy drink or nothing. So I, I it's funny because every day I need more and more to function. And then I'll cut out caffeine totally, and then I'll crash, and then I'll find somewhat of a balance. But yeah, usually that one, two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm just zonked trying to... It kind of reminds me when we had kids that were younger. Yeah. How how did I do it then? Because I would be this up This is why God gives us night. children when we're young. <laughs> Imagine no. if God gave us kids. When, I mean, I kind of bless God grandparents. A lot of grandparents are raising their kid, grandchildren now under different difficult circumstances. And God bless those people. That's a really good point. You know, like the idea of having grandchildren sounds incredible. But then when I think about how will I at that age care for all of the kids with the same amount of energy that they demand. No, you just go and take a nap. You say, <laughs> you go to your kids and say... Hey, I this is my my father in law does. We'll be having a conversation. He goes up, gotta go, gotta go stretch out. He'll go take a nap. And I'm like, I that's what I want to do. That's my goal in life. It's just like, that's I, awesome. Just be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just gonna take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna stop me. That will be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, you want to lead us in a prayer? Sure, sure. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for all your gifts. We ask that you bless this conversation, uh, bless our words, that they may give people a sense of hope and inspiration and a desire to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that through the Father and the Son, you send the Holy Spirit and anoint us this time period and that you anoint those who are listening to us. Um, you inspire them to holiness and have them to seek, um, seek the sacred. We also ask them, ask you, Lord Jesus, in your name, that you give these parents the strength to continue to raise their children in the Catholic faith, to strengthen them in the Catholic faith, and so that they become saints later on and throughout life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was the, that was the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love it. I loved it. That was great. And very fitting to what we're yeah. going to talk about today. Yes. What are we talking about it, today? Well... You and I were talking about how this is funny because we're at episode 22 of our 23. Po- 23. This is 23. Oh, this is 23. Okay. So 23 of the podcast and we haven't talked about the story behind the name. Yes, that's true. So I think that's really important for us to talk about is yeah. why stuck in the cry room and why does the cry room have so much meaning for us? Yes. When you think back to your earliest memories of the cry room, what do you think of? 
being stuck there. <laughs> I mean, this is where we got the title. So for those who are listening, it's like, where did you come up? Now, originally when we were, we were talking about this podcast, we're, we're talking for families and families with little kids and stuff. And as you've heard, it, we've kind of hit a range of items and topics, yeah. basically wherever the Holy Spirit guided us. But really, it really the purpose of this was think back when we had those moments when we struggled as parents, especially with younger kids. But now that Joe and I are a little bit older, um, and wiser. No, not really wiser, no. just older. No. Yeah. And our kids now have become <laughs> teens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we talk a lot about teenagers and stuff. But today, you know, we talk about what it was like for us to be uh, stuck in the cry room. Um, I remember just walking the gauntlet of shame. I remember being, <laughs> you, you remember that? I, I just remember that. Like, so in, in Texas, the parish in Texas, the cry room was next to the sanctuary. So you didn't walk to the back. It was in the front on the right Are side. Are you kidding? Yeah. So here's what would happen. <laughs> uh, you know, our kids with, now we had our first five, four children were born in the first four years of our marriage. So, yeah. so when we had our first child, Josh, uh, Manny would take care of Josh. And I was in contemplation at mass <laughs> and being transcendent <laughs> and being all holy and pious and praying for my wife and my child. Um, that lasted, I think, only one mass. And then I got the lecture <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and she's like, you will <laughs> help me out. I'm like, okay, yes, dear. Um, then we had beautiful Abby. And so then we started tag teaming, you know, obviously switching off on children. I think mm-hmm. she got mostly two of them, but because mm-hmm. they clung to her, God bless her. Then we got three. That's zone defense. That was that was totally zone defense. So basically, <laughs> whichever child misbehaved, you know, one of us would just take the walk of shame down to the in front of the crime room. So you go in front of the sanctuary or to the side if you could. And just everyone sees you going to that cry room off to wait, the right. Wait, wait, so is it by the altar? So I'm you have so the confused. altar. So it's an older church. So okay. I think it was like a it's like almost a hallway at the parish and um, beautiful old church, gorgeous, you know, a lot of the traditional stuff, but just for some reason, there is a hall, a little room right next to, so like you would have a window. So it's like, um, it's like going to the zoo. <laughs> and so you go to the zoo and you know how you see the gorillas out. So like we are like in this cave in this, in this zoo and this whatever. And we'd see the priest, we would be right behind the priest uh the presider he'd be in the presider's chair up way up high because there's a lot of steps and that's how you'd watch mass and we had a speaker in there that was from like 1928 so it was all broken up so you can hardly hear and it was crowded and you know just so funny i'm sorry so if anyone's i bet the image that i have in my head is not at all close to the reality of what you're saying yeah so So if if anyone from saint maria Goretti church is listening a movie that that could really be a movie i think someone if you are a a writer or a producer or director please make a movie about this this be funny oh it was so yeah so everyone just saw it and so you go in there and it was crowded like you'd have to like push the door open to squeeze in there and get your get in there because someone else is already in there and um so the good news is people didn't want to be in there so we worked really hard yeah we worked really hard trying to have the kids behave real quick (laughs) so what was what was the age demographic of that parish though was it a lot of young families well there was a school there and everything so yeah it was very young to older i mean very much like this parish here Uh, all sorts of ages a lot of young families as well um so well what was your reasoning or what was the threshold for you that we've got to go to the cry room? Oh, um, what was the threshold? 
I don't, I, you know, honestly, basically when I just couldn't take anymore, uh, <laughs> I think the cry room was really for me. I think honestly, that's what the cry room is. It's for the parents. Let's just be honest. If you're a parent and listening, you know, it's for you because you know, you're sitting in the pew in the front and you're trying to get your child to behave. Wait, did you sit in the front because you thought that would help the child behave more? Oh, heavens no. Then why did you go in the front Because row? it was the closest part to the cry room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a double whammy. Yeah, so. And so that's the thing. So you, you like on the right side of the church, all the families with little kids would be right there. And you, and you know it because you know, like that's why they're all sitting there. It's because they're like, okay, if something happens or the kid just throws a fit or a child throws a fit, <laughs> You take a beeline to the cry room. Oh and, and of course, it, the parents would be coming in and out the whole time because like, okay, it's crowded in there. I don't want to be in there. My child's behaving for five minutes. Let's go back out. You go back out. Oh, so it was kind of like a break, like the timeout well, room. It, yeah, it depends. Or or like me and many parents, we just gave up and said, All right, I'm done. And, you know, halfway through the home, like you just walk in there, bring your child in there, mm. say, just don't burn the place down, but do whatever you want. I'm just going to sit here and just take a moment for myself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. You know, I remember when Andrew was born, We this was at a time we were just starting to come back to the church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody ever told us that you need to pick up your kid and, and move him out or you need to go to the cry room. We, we didn't have anyone around us that said that the priest didn't make any message about parents, please use the cry room or keep your kids down. We were very blessed in that. However, for us, we just felt a lot of shame. Like you said, you had the walk of shame. Yeah. We were sitting in the pews and for some reason we felt like a million eyes were staring at us whenever he would make a sound, mm -hmm. whenever he would like take his car and make a sound on the floor or he would scream or start climbing or, you know, whatever the reasons. And so we would get annoyed and bothered and mm -hmm. embarrassed. So we would take him out. Yeah. Uh, but then we felt that we were missing out too yeah. on the homily. You know, it's, it was interesting. I think my wife had to take me to the cry room a couple of times because I was throwing a fit. <laughs> I think she's. I think she said to me a couple of times, "John, go to the cry room. Stop. Oh stop my. your pouting." <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we really used the cry room. We used like the vestibule, the narthex. Yeah. Space. Oh, the good old narthex. Yeah. So I, I think the question people have always had, like, how far can you? Be away yeah, from the church question. for you to validly be at mass. Yeah, that's a great question. Can you answer that? I don't one? know. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that you had I, an answer. No, I don't have any. I mean, for us, I remember there were times when Josh, when we had Josh, um, when he was young, we would, the cry room was packed. And now St. Thomas More is great. We have a huge cry room, so it's, it's wonderful. But the cry room we were at was packed. So a lot of us would just go outside. So I remember just sitting outside at the front doors of the church um, and just sitting there. And being like, all right, <laughs> I know the Eucharist is in there. I know some kind of consecration is going on at this point. Well, I've, I've, heard, good. I've heard some priests say that the fact you are bringing your children, you know, that puts a smile on God's face that you're mm -hmm. there. Yeah. You're making a, a huge effort to be there for the mass. And when you have to remove yourself, you are making a sacrifice at that point because of the care right. of your child. Right. So if, if you come and you're having to pull your child out, uh, I've had priests tell me that you don't need to then go back to mass a second time. However, I think in your, in your own heart, yeah. in your own discernment, if you feel like you need to, maybe God's calling you to that and, and do that. I don't know if there's a right answer. If, if that happens, but. I will put you up for canonization because <laughs> why would you put yourself through that twice? <laughs> 
I, I don't. The second time would be without the child. <laughs> You know, for us, it was a little bit different because um, at that time I was staying at home. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I was working. I, I was caring for the kids during the day. And then we did the switcheroo. You and Mandy did that for a little bit, the like switcheroo, right? Like you would come home and then Mandy would switch with you and then she would go work as an NFP instructor or something. Oh, yeah. In the evenings, not, yeah, not on Sundays, in but yeah. Yeah, in the evenings, Yeah, we right? basically, we were, yeah, tag teaming. I, and honestly, I, and... You know, it's it was a small glimpse of what poor single parents have to go through. I, I feel bad for yeah, single parents really raising hard. kids because for a while there, that's how I think both of us felt for a while was we're single parents and our spouse was like just a glorified babysitter when we're not there. So, yeah. you know, I'd work all day. I'd come home. She would leave immediately. So I would take care of the kids by myself in the evening. And that would be happening for weeks. And same thing with her. She'd be with the kids by herself all day. And then the minute I come home, we'd switch and she would go to work uh, to make ends meet. So same thing for us. And that put a huge strain on our marriage because we weren't prioritizing our relationship with God and then each other and then the kids. It's like the kids and work took a priority over everything else mm-hmm. in, in our life. And so when we got to mass, I, I think the same rhythm kind of took place for us. So the expectation when we got to mass when the kids were younger is that Joe had to watch all the kids in the pew and Marty and, sat there and he was in contemplation, He's loving, in contemplation. praying for you guys. Cause he is such a holy man. Yeah. Poor Marty. Yeah. So just as a note, He's Marty, a if you're listening, man. sorry for calling you Mitch the other night. So we get to play dominoes at <laughs> Joe's house. And I know there's a Mitch in one of my classes. You know, I don't know if you know who Mitch is. I know who Mitch yeah. is, yeah. So I just, I don't know why. I just called, so I kept calling oh her husband God. Mitch well, for some Marty, reason. Well, Marty Mitch. Marty Mitch. I mean, this both start with M. It's Poor fine. Marty. No, that's fine. He goes with the flow. And, and this is not to downplay Marty at all. Marty's an incredible husband and father. I, I couldn't ask for a better husband or a father to my children. Definitely. But in the very beginning, you know, and he grew up very differently too in, in his his upbringing, the mom took care of all of the, the care for the kids and his dad was always working. And that was something, a hurdle we had to go through in our marriage. And that's for a whole nother podcast. You know, I, topic, I agree. We had to go through the same yeah. issue. I think part of it is because our, our kids tend, tend to cling to mom. So as dad, we kind of like are exonerated. <laughs> you like mom best. <laughs> this is a good time to say you like mom best. You I don't know. have a problem, kids, if you say you like mom better than me, because then <laughs> I get I, my peace of I mind. I used to be upset about that. <laughs> yeah, my, know, Mandy as, was too. I used to be very upset, but, you know, looking back, yeah. what a grace. How wonderful that our kids felt so close and loved and wanted me to be with them and care for them, right? Why are you laughing? I think I, that's making me feel better about the no. story. Does it not? It's really because I think when Mandy and I left Mass, we felt guilty for yelling at them the whole time. <laughs> I didn't feel. I don't think she felt loved or adored. I think if you're like, no, saw, looking back, yeah. okay. I'm saying looking okay, back, maybe not looking in the back. moment. Like like today, looking back, right. I, you know, my kids are 14 to 19. It's very different. And when I see the young kids, and and I think that's why when I go to mass and I see parents with young kids, I think back to our experience and I intentionally walk up to them every time I walk up to them and I say, thank you so much for coming Mm -hmm. to mass and bringing your kids to mass. You're doing a great job Yeah, because parents need to be reminded that they are making an effort, that they are doing a good job. They're not just making a whole bunch of mistakes. 
I, I think we can just beat ourselves up so much yeah. as parents. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I was trying to get to the point of when we yeah. were in the pews, Marty and I were beating ourselves up. Like, what's wrong with us? We can't keep our kid quiet in mass. Look at all these other kids. They're like coloring and eating their Cheerios. <laughs> and our kid's not. He's climbing all over the pews. But we also it's the were Holy expecting Spirit. a lot yeah. from a two-year-old. You know, a, a two-year-old, not many two-year-olds can do that. And some, you know, probably can build themselves up to that with a lot of discipline. Maybe we lack some discipline. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can go back and evaluate anything about how we did parenting. But when we think back on the, the cry room and the cry room experience, you know, I remember the faces of the parents that were in that room. It's a lot of what you were explaining in your story. The parents that really don't want to be there. Just defeat. They defeat. <laughs> they, they feel like they're not getting a lot out of mass. They can't even hear what's happening on the speaker in the room because the kids are making a lot of noise. And and every parent has their own way of, of parenting their child. Oh, yeah. So, so I got to ask a question. Like, did you have the worst part was like trying to decide if you need to change your kid's diaper during mass. <laughs> That was always the biggest question. Like, 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 okay, how long can I, how long can we hold out before I have to change them? Like, can we hold out to the end of mass? Oh, wait, wait. Or, or, or when's the right time? Like, do you sneak out during the homily and the father thinks you're taking off on him? You, or, you know, you know, my, okay. <laughs> that's always been the question. I, I, I had a, I had a thought about that, but mine was a little bit different because I knew that as I fed the bottle to my child, that soon after there was going to be an explosion that happened out the back end. And I was worried people would look at me and think like I did that, you know, or what's that smell? Why does she smell? And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I was more worried about those things. Yeah. So yeah, I did try to push the bottle off as long as I could, but realistically I, I knew that if, if I could just appease him for a while before giving him the, the mm -hmm. bottle, then we might get through all of mass. Yeah. You know, or it might fall asleep, and then yeah. he could sleep through mass, and then we could, yeah, you know, be able to hear part of the message. Or you just really hope that homily's short. That's when finally gives like the <laughs> longest homily in the world, and you're just like, for the love of Pete, please, Father, just can we? <laughs> well, now, now that's the other thing we did too. Like we were so tired and exhausted. I think we just went to McDonald's after mass all the time, not because as, as a treat. Well, as a treat for mom and dad, because mom and dad were exhausted by that time it is so hard <laughs> and i think as a church we're still trying to figure out more ways that we can help support young families in their yeah. role uh, and parents in their role raising their kids and forming them in the faith and getting them involved in the church we know it's not easy yeah. we've been there it's hard yeah, yeah. no I, I agree and one of the things i liked about uh, saint maria's in texas where i used to work was uh, they would have child care uh, for five and under uh, for two of the masses you for know, two of the masses. For I think two or maybe three of the masses. And I think that was so helpful because um, a lot of parents just drop their kids off, go to mass. The kids were happy because they're in a the nursery. Mom and dad are happy because at least they're bringing the kids with them and starting to get into a, starting to get exposed to just being at the parish. And then mom and dad can focus uh, at mass. So um, that was a great thing they used to do at, at the old parish. And um, I think that we definitely used it, especially when we had our four children. Oh, and gosh. again, they were, we had them in the first four years of marriage. So the good news was all four of them can go. <laughs> I think at one point, <laughs> technically speaking, all four of them can go um, at one point. So was, um, it, was it a co-op or? No, it's just we, we you know, we 
paid for that childcare worker. We had, we had a small nursery, so there was limited space. Oh. So yeah, it was first come, first serve. And so that was the thing. That's when the that's when the parents show up early with the kids. You know, that's why they're showing. Not because they're holy, because it takes twelve hours to get them ready. And you want to get make sure they're on the list. They, they want to make sure they get in the there. Nursery. I mean, you want to talk about a waiting line. Have you ever been, like, you know, turned away from the nursery? Oh yeah, when it was full, they just put a sign on the door and it was full. And, and that's the, and that's when we took that's the kids. The shame. That's the walk. Of then shame. we walked into the church <laughs> with our kids. And then we put on the facade of like, we're holy parents. We, we don't our, need the nursery. We don't need the nursery. We are we're holy good. parents. And we're going to make our kids come to us. <laughs> and we're going to teach our kids how to behave. Because <laughs> as we're screaming at them, grabbing them and <laughs> so. Wait, you said you had to pay for it. Did you pay for No, that? no, we didn't pay. No, the parish okay. paid for it. Uh, so it came, That's you know, funny. we had our, we had a child care. So, you know, um. Since we had a nursery and a childcare place, we had a full-time nursery worker or maybe part-time. I can't quite remember. Um, and that's just how it worked out. So so for certain that's classes really and nice. stuff, we'd have a nursery available. And one of the things they had available for was two Sunday masses. That is really nice. And, um, Were they like the two morning, like y- Sunday yeah, morning? No, that's actually good. I think it was like, I think mass used to be at 9 or 1030 or something like that. Okay. So the two main masses, the ones that were really full on Sunday mornings, that's what they had it for. That's really nice. Yeah, it was nice. A great benefit. It was. I, I know in a lot of non-Catholic churches around the, the country, it's a standard. Yeah. It, it's a standard to offer yeah. not only nursery for the young kids, but also a, a separate church experience for mm. the younger kids, just so that they, the message can be delivered at their yeah. level, something yeah. they can understand. Now, I think that we've had conversations about catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Oh, catech- Oh, yes. Uh, catechesis right? is the good shop. I would love, and I know um, Mary Tullius, who does preschool here, she's been, she's trying to create what is called an atrium here. And you have to be especially trained in it. And basically, it's the Montessori style of catechesis, which actually, what's interesting is Maria Montessori was Catholic. And oh, this I whole, didn't know that. Yeah, so this whole Montessori wow. type of teaching came yeah. from the Catholic Church, from oh, Maria wow. Montessori. That's cool. And her whole premise, I guess, if you will, was this idea that Christ works through the catechist and teaches the child. So this whole point of the catechist is basically the child encountering Jesus Christ through all of the manipulatives and things they use and the discoveries they have at their own pace. So it's really the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit working with the child at a very, very young age. And you go at the pace of the child. So it's called an atrium. And, and this, one, this is the whole thing about being Catholic. We have signs and symbols. We talked about sacramentals a couple of weeks ago. Well, Montessori style of catechesis, the catechesis of the good shepherd, that's exactly what it is. It's, everything's the sacramental. So you have like a little mini altar. Yeah. Uh, and the kids play with the altar. They learn how to yeah. set it up. They learn how to take it down. And it's great. Now, let me just say this. You know, yes, you know, there's catechesis the Good Shepherd in various places around here, and it's and we're going to get it here, hopefully, once this COVID thing ends. Well, I know can, Keith is building it. He's building the atrium. Yeah. But hopefully once this COVID thing ends, we can start really building uh, catechesis the Good Shepherd at some point in the next couple of years. Um, but you don't have to go to catechesis the Good Shepherd to teach this stuff to your children. You can build a mini altar at home mm-hmm. and teach your children that. This is one of the things if you, I know I, I've said this a lot, like have a sacred space in your home, but in the sacred space, do it in a way that kids can set it up. So when you do daily prayer every day, teach your children how to set things up, teach your children. This is a place of reverence. So if the children at home at a young age at four or five mm-hmm. 
start learning about reverence and how sacred things and how to treat sacred things at home where it's more comfortable and where you have a lot more patience with them probably and leniency Mm -hmm. that carries over into the church itself. So again, kids begin to behave. And that's one of the things I noticed is when we started praying the rosary at home or divine mercy, whatever, when they were young and they are able to sit still for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just pray with us, that carries over into when they come to mass. So this is, so we don't mass doesn't start when we're in the church sitting down five minutes before the priest shows up. Mass begins at home when we're preparing the children. Mass begins when we're teaching them having a sacred space. And this is something sacred and treated with reverence. Um, It begins with teaching what the Eucharist is. Um, Different colors. So here's a perfect example. We have a sacred space, a table. We have a little cloth that has different colors according to liturgical season. Well, guess what? When they see that and then they go into the church, what are they going to see? Those colors. And they're going to start making that connection there. So that's a very simple way of teaching kids about the seasons of the church is just have a place at home that has the colors. And then that carries over. So these are very, I think we over, we make things very complex and it doesn't need to be at times. So I think that's a great idea. I remember that was one activity my children really loved when they were younger is uh, setting up a mass at our home. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it when they would give us an invitation to come to mass (laughs) We come down the stairs. Did you have to? Did you actually like go online back then, or get an invitation? <laughs> no. Did you have to wear a mask or anything? No. Like that? No. Thank goodness. No, we didn't. But it was it was such a an adorable, cute, um, and uh, a good memorable experience because it was nice that they were remembering all the things they experienced in the mass. We're taking it home and trying to duplicate it. Yeah. That means they understood the roles. They yeah. understood all, like you said, the, the different items, the signs, the symbols. They would even create little things just to make it look as much like church. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. I got tickled pink, actually, every time that I saw that and, and how that they experienced it. I thought that was nice. But, you know, one other thing that we did when the kids were younger that really helped us out a lot with them, because we didn't have the nursery to send them to there was the cry room, but that was always full by the time we got to church. Mm -hmm. We were always running behind. I mean, it didn't matter how hard we worked to to leave (laughs) early, you know, something would happen. Someone would have to go to the bathroom or, or, you know, somebody would spit up on themselves and then you're changing. My poor wife, poor Mandy. So yeah, we have four girls at the same age. So guess what? Who had to do their hair? Oh, no, no yes. I did get, now I'm giving myself some credit because she would travel a lot. So I got used to doing their hair and getting them dressed for Sunday by myself a couple of, she did most of the work because a lot of times I was working on Sunday morning. So she would literally have to get all the kids ready by herself and bring them to mass. So it, it, oh my gosh, heavens to Betsy. So I'd be done with religious education. We'd be able to go to mass and she just comes in with the four kids and just has that look on her face. Like I am going to strangle you. <laughs> Like, Mandy does not give that look. I don't know what you're saying. No, no, no. Have you have you have you seen that video about the dad who does his daughter's hair by yeah. putting the rubber band on the vacuum hose, and then he vacuums the girl's hair and then slides the rubber band. Brilliant! It is brilliant. I mean, like, I don't think Mandy would allow me to do that though. She she would think that's abuse. I think <laughs> she might. No, but one thing that we did for our kids is we had a busy bag. We created a busy bag. For we, you guys? Well, for the kids when they were younger, not for us. <laughs> we, we, we purchased a bag 
we purchased some items in there for the mm-hmm. kids to yeah. to do that were quiet during church. And we would only take it out when it was time for church. Yeah. So the kids couldn't play with those toys or couldn't color those coloring books until they were in church. So it gave them something to look forward to and they got excited to see those things. This is when they were really young. Yeah. Obviously, you know, before they could truly understand things that were happening. But it was nice to still teach them how to be quiet, how to be reverent and Yeah. I think I think that's the struggle is that if we just teach them to be quiet for being quiet's sake, it's frustrating and and the kids get frustrated and they don't understand. If we're if we're teaching them we're in something that's sacred and holy and we teach them the sacredness of the mass, that we're in the presence of God, and because we're in the presence of God, then we show reverence by listening, that begins to make more sense. I think that's one of the struggles is, is you, you know, as a parent, try, we were trying to find that balance because sometimes I'm like, just be quiet for quiet's sake. I'm like, Psh, be quiet. You know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, I, but at the same time, yeah. Mandy did a great job. You know, she would explain the reason why we're quiet, the reason why we're behaving is because we're in sent, we're in something holy. So I think that's one of the things we really need to teach our children when they're young is that we're not just being quiet for quiet's sake because the priest is telling us to be quiet or because the priest is giving us a homily or whatever. We're being quiet because we're in God's presence. And when you're in his presence, there is a certain behavior or certain way of acting, you know, and then you can make the correlation. We, you know, tell your children, hey, kids, when you're in front of the principal, how are you going to behave? Are you going to be a little bit fearful, a little bit quiet, and you're going to listen to him because you know of his authority. And so you have that sense of respect you give him because you sense his authority as the principal and you're in the principal's office, so to speak. Right? Again, same thing. We're not necessarily in the principal's office. I'm not trying to make that connection, but have that same sense of respect and being the presence of someone super powerful who's God himself. So. Okay. Yeah. But what was the age that your kids were taught that lesson? I think last week. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> proves my point, John. <laughs> no, I think it was, I think it was natural. I, 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 think, think about, I think it was just a natural, it, it wasn't like, first of all, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It just progresses naturally as the kids get older. I don't want to set an unrealistic expectation. I think the average child about four years of age is when they can start to understand that and comprehend that, in my opinion. I think I my children were four wrong. weeks because my children are perfect. Of course they were. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, yeah. But I, I think a majority of kids all the way up until that age, it, it is very difficult for them to make that connection. No, you're so right. So that's right. where I think something like a busy bag right. or something special that they get to experience in, in church. Yeah. And, and they I, can I, make, at least they can make the connection of like excitement yeah. of going someplace right. on a regular basis to experience something. Yeah. And then you can transition those feelings and those ideas as they get older into, we're getting excited to be with Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think that's the key thing. If right. mom and dad are excited, the kids are excited. Right. That was the yeah. hardest part is for mom and I to be excited when we're, we're like, tired. yeah, yeah. And we're playing dominoes at your house right. the night before. And so we have, Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> we're up late keeping, <laughs> keeping John Cox up way too late. Past my bedtime. Past his bedtime. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening to our episode. Uh, we hope that this provided a little bit of understanding and a backstory to why we came up with the 
name for this podcast and why our stories and our episodes are focused on so many different challenges as families. And if you have any suggestions or maybe a struggle that you're going through in your own family that you would like us to cover on the air or share your personal story, please let us know. You can reach us on Facebook, send us a message or, uh, you know, through Instagram, any of our social media or here at the parish. Amen. Right. So thank you so much. God bless you and have a great day.